0: Welcome to another episode of info to grow the podcast that's bringing you all the insights from our experts here at Brant. We're heading into June and the summer months are here, which means it's time for a lot of growers to start making foliar applications on their crops if they haven't already. And that's today's subject. We're going to hear from Andrew Peterson who is a research agronomist that works in our discovery and innovation department. And he heads up a lot of our product development and all kinds of research trials across the US. So he's got plenty of experience and expertise when it comes to foliar products and the applications. So let's get into it. Here's Andrew Peterson, our research agronomist. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest, Andrew Peterson. He is a research agronomist for us uh, out in California, but he does a lot of work all over the country and with all of our products and different crops. So, Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. um, So, first off, I got to ask, how are you doing? You holding up okay? Staying safe during during this kind of crazy time?
1: Yep. Yep. Everything's uh, going okay. You know, farmers are still farming, so...
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's good to have the sense of like normalcy, uh, especially with work where you know, maybe things aren't as different as you know, other other industries and other jobs. So yeah, um, yeah. all right. So before we get started, I want to get a little bit of background about you. So can you tell me what exactly you do for Brant and and how long you've been here?
1: Yeah, so I've been with Brant eight years now. Um, I am a uh, kind of a product development, kind of especially from the field side of um how these products are going to perform in the field um what the right rates are right timings those types of things and then i have kind of a technical services um type role as well where i help you know do the the sales training for uh both our internal team and then for our customers as well kind of explaining some of the technologies and the, and that type of thing um
0: yeah i mean it's a it's a well-rounded job it seems like with uh, between Product development, research, sales support, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a full time job and then some, I imagine. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it keeps it interesting. So, every day is different.
0: <laughs> all right. So, given your area of expertise with the product development and all the research, what I want to dive into today is mostly about foliar nutrition because I've seen your trial work. I know foliars and foliar applications are a lot of what you work with. Uh, but, you know, I'm from Illinois. And here in the Midwest, we don't have a big variety of crops. You know, you look out the window and you see corn and soybeans, that's pretty much it. Uh, so can you give me a brief and broad overview of the different type of crops that, that you deal with in California?
1: Yeah, um, so I live in the Central Valley in Tulare County um, and Brant has facilities in uh, Fresno and Visalia. Um, and so the bulk of our probably grower trials um, that we set up are here in the Central Valley. Um, almonds is has become by far the number one um, it 's the largest acreage crop in California um, and uh, highest highest overall value as well. Mm-hmm. The other tree nuts like pistachios and walnuts are pretty significant. Uh, we We always do work with uh, with grapes, uh, both table grapes and wine grapes. Um, citrus is pretty important primarily oranges and mandarins there. And uh, then we also do some work over on the coast. Uh, A lot of the leafy vegetables um, that that are really common in the Salinas Valley. Um, And then uh, berry crops like strawberries, raspberries, those types of things. Um, Those all get hit. And then we have, you know, we have half a million acres of rice up in Sacramento Valley. I mean, California is incredibly diverse in the the number of crops that we have so um, you know whatever really we want to try you know that that crop is not too far away from us you know we can we can try just about you know we could put out a trial on just about any crop here in California so
0: yeah I mean it's it's insane the variety of crops um, you know tree crops Fruits, vegetables, you even said rice, I had no clue about, but I mean, it's just insane. And with the products in our portfolio and a lot of these foliars that we have, from what I can tell, they're pretty diverse themselves that they can work on basically all these crops that we just talked about. So when it comes to these foliar products and these applications, give me a rundown of like what the benefits of doing a foliar application are compared to other methods.
1: Yeah, so with foliars, um, the main advantage is you're applying that nutrient directly to where it's needed. It's directly contacting the leaf or uh, the fruit and getting absorbed right there, right where it's needed. Um, So this gets around limitations in nutrient availability, either from uptake from the soil or Mm -hmm. from mobility within the plant. Um, So, you know, if you've got a high pH soil, um, you know, around eight, eight and a half, Availability of iron, manganese, and zinc is going to be really impaired. And so you can make a foliar application of those nutrients that's going to directly contact the leaf yeah. tissue and get absorbed exactly where it's needed. Then um, something like calcium. Calcium is really immobile within the plant, right? You need a lot of calcium in something like an apple fruit. So you can do a foliar spray and that calcium is going to get directly absorbed Buy the fruit where it's needed, and so you bypass those mobility issues within the plant. So that's that's the main that's the main benefit of foliars. That you, they're also really timely. You can you can apply them the right nutrient at exactly the right time. Your absorption, most of it is within the first 48 hours, so um, you don't have to wait for that nutrient to be broken down in the soil. It gets absorbed, and right away the the it's it's plant available, and the plant's able to utilize it. So um, so those are the kind of the things that you can do with foliers. You get the nutrient to where it's needed, at exactly the time that it's needed.
0: Yeah, and that's what I've come to notice is that you get to skip the process of if you put it in the soil. You know, you don't have to worry about the soil issues that you might have or the variables there. The yeah. uptake system through the roots, um, you can bypass that as well. Yeah. Um, And then on top of the foliars, you know, for delivery systems, you know, obviously you spray the liquid and it's going to come in contact with the leaf or the plant itself. But from there, those nutrients got to get inside the plant somehow. Uh, So I want to talk about delivery systems of these foliars. Um, And so what are the different delivery systems to get the nutrients where they need to be?
1: Yeah. So um, when we're talking about, um uptake of foliar nutrients um it's actually kind of a difficult process because foliar fertilizers uh tend to be water soluble nutrients and they have a charge associated with them so getting through the really waxy lipophilic cuticle layer that's on the leaf on the fruit that can be a really difficult proposition so um Uh, you know, using carrier agents, complexing agents that facilitate that process um, can really improve your efficacy of uptake of foliar nutrients. Um, You know, you can take like our Maniplex product line. Uh, Maniplex utilizes a sugar alcohol uh, complexing system. So sugar alcohols are things like uh, sorbitol and mannitol. They're used in a lot of industrial and food processes. And what we do is we Uh, take something like zinc nitrate and then we'll react it with uh, a sugar alcohol like mannitol and that gives us manoplex zinc. And so that zinc is tied to that sugar alcohol and so there's a few advantages of utilizing a sugar alcohol delivery system. Number one is it's got a small size. So in order for a water-soluble nutrient to get through the leaf cuticle, it has to utilize what are called hydrophilic pathways. Um, so these are things like cracks in the cuticle, uh, cuticular pores, and especially stomata. So stomata are those holes um, on t- tend to be on the bottom side of the leaf. They allow exchange of oxygen, water, and carbon dioxide that are necessary for photosynthesis and respiration. This is basically a big opening or a relatively large opening for that foliar nutrient to be absorbed through the leaf. Mm-hmm. So, the but there's been a lot of research that's shown that the smaller a molecule is, the better it's able to take advantage of these uh, stomatal openings, these cuticular pores, and get better absorption. So, a small carrier like uh, sugar alcohol that's in Maniplex does a better job of that. Um, The other thing uh, that Maniplex does is sugar alcohols are natural humectants this means that they absorb free moisture from the atmosphere around them and this will maintain leaf wetness for a longer period of time after that application occurs so when that spray droplet hits that leaf it's going to immediately start drying out Mm -hmm. Um, but if you've got a humectant in that formulation like a sugar alcohol that's going to delay that process and so you're going to have a longer period of time where that nutrient is gonna remain available for uptake. Humectants also help to hydrate the cuticle, and this kind of expands these hydrophilic pathways like the cuticular pores. And there's some thought that this also is uh, facilitating better uptake. And the last advantage of sugar alcohols is they're kind of a naturally occurring plant analog. Uh, Plant species actually naturally produce sugar alcohols. Mm -hmm. And there was actually research done by UC Davis that showed that um, in a lot of uh, tree fruit species like almonds and cherries that produce really high levels of sugar alcohols, they will form complexes with boron that will facilitate translocation of boron via the phloem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, in our research with our Maniplex technology, has shown that this works not only with boron, but with other nutrients like zinc or iron, where there is this existing system within the plant to translocate these uh, sugar alcohols through the phloem. And when you attach a nutrient to that sugar alcohol, you're enabling that nutrient to move freely in the same way as that sugar alcohol is able to.
0: Yeah. And that's, the Maniflex products, well, one, we it's a pretty big product line that covers all different kinds of nutrients, right? I mean, it, basically yeah. you name a, a micro element and there's a maniplex product and we've seen great success with it on all different kinds of crops and even on turf, like we use it in our turf business um, all the time. And that's the technology aspect of it, right? Yeah. And when you hear the word technology, I, you know, I think it's easy to think of like computers and you know electronics, but that's that's what sets that product line apart is the technology inside and technology by definition is the, the application of scientific knowledge, you know, for a purpose. And that's exactly what these, these products are doing. Um, So, but it seems like, you know, you break apart or you break down like the anatomy of a plant and you're taking advantage of the openings and and using technology to, to take advantage of, of what's already available, whether it be, you know, the, the plant already producing its own sugar alcohol and the, the openings that are available. So that, that covers Maniplex and, and how that stuff works or those products work. But, um, I know you work with other product lines as well, including like the brand smart system, uh, which we see great success with, especially on row crops here in Illinois. So is the delivery method the same different for a smart system or, or are there other advantages that, that would be used for that product?
1: Yeah, so the Smart System products utilize uh, really similar carriers to the Maniplex. Um, they're not sugar alcohols, but they are uh, short chain sort of sugar type uh, structures that um, have a small molecule size. so We're gonna get through the cuticle more effectively. Um, they have natural, um, they're, they're naturally occurring substances. So like sugar alcohols, they will um, be able to move through the phloem more effectively. And some of the formulations also have some of those humectant type properties as well, like the sugar alcohol. But the main difference really with the smart system is we've got a much more robust compatibility profile. So when you're dealing with uh, difficult to manage uh, tank mix scenarios, uh, the smart system products are just um, really superior for that. Uh, think about Smart Trio. It's, it's probably our, our most popular product Um, in Brandt, and it's been around for about 10 years now, I think, more than that. And um, that product evolved out of the need to put zinc and manganese in a spray tank with glyphosate. And so um, our chemists um, at Brandt were able to um, utilize uh, complexing agents and manipulate pH of that formulation in order to Make it compatible with glyphosate. And that was the first generation.
0: Yeah. We've
1: got products like Smart Quattro Plus, Smart Sulfur Plus that have really robust compatibility profiles. Uh, you can throw those things with almost anything. and Yeah. It's been cool to see
0: that product line adapt to yeah. the needs in the industry. Um, Absolutely. You know, whether it be the dicamba or 2,4D uh, compatibility issues that people see um, or just anything, you know, it seems like our chemists and formulations are able to keep building onto the smart system portfolio where you know they're gonna they're gonna find something that mixes
1: absolutely yeah i'm amazed i'm amazed at what brian and lucas and i know they're able to to come up with sometimes I, it, I don't know how they do it but i
0: know uh, you know people come to them with like uh pretty big asks and needs and wants and like give them a little bit of time and They're gonna, they're gonna crack the code on it
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they never say, no, we can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's give it a try. And more times than not, they're able to come up with a
0: way to make it work. So it's pretty amazing. So for row crops, like I'm used to, I don't want to say that tank mixing is easy, but it's, it's pretty structured on early stages of the plant life. You're going to be doing herbicide a little bit later on, you're going to be running fungicide. And those are kind of the tank mixes that we deal with uh, for row crops for the most part. But when it comes to specialty crops, Are there certain tank mixes that you see fairly often that are often challenging for for growers or what is the tank mix situation for specialty crops, I guess?
1: Yeah, so um, one of the big issues we run into um, with specialty crops is um, when you wanna make an application of boron, oftentimes um, the timing of that is gonna line up with applications of something like either zinc or calcium. Both of those nutrients and also things like iron and manganese Do not play well with boron. So if your ratio of boron to calcium or boron to zinc gets too high, they're going to combine together and they're going to form an insoluble precipitate. So that makes both of the nutrients um, unavailable to the plant and potentially can clog your sprayer, which is obviously a disaster that nobody wants. Um, So kind of circling back to smart system, one of my favorite, probably my favorite product from the smart system Uh, product line is our Smart Boron and its sister products which are the Smart BMO and the Smart KB and these products are um, they're the only liquid boron formulation that has an acidic pH so that's totally unique and you can do things with these formulations in terms of tank mixing with um, other nutrients like zinc and calcium that um, you just can't do uh, like we've got um, a new product, Maniplex Cal B. It's actually, we've, we've put it under the, the Maniplex family of products, but the boron in that formulation is smart boron. And it's enabled us to get um, a much higher ratio of boron to calcium than what you normally see in uh, those types of products. So, um, uh, so from a specialty crop uh, standpoint, that's one where I think we've found a really good, solution that that can work well for a lot of growers.
0: Yeah and the boron you know it doesn't mix well on its own or you know with other elements in general but let alone the amount of boron that you need to get to the plant. Right. Uh, right. And so what's how much boron are in those is it like five percent are in those products? Uh, so
1: the, the Smart B and the S- BMO are both five and then I think the KB is two and a half.
0: Right and even though it's five percent because of the delivery systems that are in these and technology that are in these products, more boron is actually getting to the plant rather than exactly, you know, like a 10% yeah. or something, right?
1: Yeah, so that, that complexing agent that's in the Smart B, so it's protecting that boron from calcium and zinc in the spray tank. But mm-hmm. the other thing it does is once it gets into the plant, it's going to stay bound to that boron and protect that boron from tying up um, in the pectin networks in the cell wall. The vast majority of boron in a plant cell exists within the cell wall, and so conventional boron products, when they get applied and absorbed by the plant, um, most of that boron is immediately going to get tied up in those cell walls in the top layers of that leaf where it gets absorbed. That doesn't really do you much good if you're trying to mobilize the boron, like a really common application here in California is to make post-harvest boron applications on uh, tree nut crops like almonds and pistachios. What you're trying to do there is move that boron from the leaf into the uh, fruiting buds for next season so that it's there in the flower where it's needed to get you better nut set next year. Mm -hmm. So uh, the complexing agent in the smart boron products enables us to Get better uptake and facilitate mobility through the phloem, so that we're going to get more of that product to um, the the sites where it's needed. Because in most cases, it's not really needed there in the leaf. You need to get yeah. it some type of a reproductive structure. That's yeah. what you're
0: making that application for. That's uh, that's more the smart bee products. This one because it, it truly is a, a less is more kind of situation. Which yeah, is rare. yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and everybody's always concerned too about. Uh, phytotoxicity with boron you know it's got a reputation for that because it's it's one of the elements that you can see toxicity in certain soil types Um, so you know that's another reason maybe to use um, a a more efficient product that you uh, you're applying less pounds to that plant but you're getting a higher percentage of it into the plant and it's moving away from the site of application to where it's needed. So that potentially reduces your phytotoxicity risk as well.
0: Yeah. Just a well-rounded universal product. Uh, yeah. Because we use it in row crops all the time around fungicide and even herbicide applications. Yeah. It's just the plants need boron and we've got a way to get it there. Um, all right. So I want to touch on organic. We can't leave the organic growers out because organic crops are becoming more and more popular. Um, and once again, you know, Grant seeing the need for it and coming up with a solution uh, so, what are some of the organic options for foliars that we, that we do have to offer?
1: Yeah, so we, we have a few different product lines for uh, organic growers, um, uh, but the, we have a new product line that uh, is definitely by far our most effective organic foliar nutrient line, and that's Organiplex. These utilize a amino acid uh, carrier system. Uh, So amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Um, They have a a nitrogen component to them. And um, they uh, like something like a sugar alcohol. It's a small molecule size. So it gets absorbed um, through the leaf cuticle pretty effectively. Um, Also like sugar alcohols, it's a naturally occurring substance that plants have an existing mechanism to translocate and move throughout the plant. So flow and mobility of these organoplex products is great. Um, so in uh, one, th- there are a number of different amino acid products out there on the market, um, but our organoplex products have been built to have at least a one-to-one ratio of nutrient to amino acids so that every nutrient in that formulation is fully complexed by amino acids. So on average, our formulations have about 8% by weight uh, amino acid in there. And a lot of competitive products only have about 2 to 3%. Mm-hmm. So um, so either, in, in formulations like that, either a lot of those nutrients aren't complexed, and so they don't have any type of protection for that nutrient, or they're utilizing cheaper uh, complexing agents, uh, something like a citric acid, um, that doesn't have those same types of uh, uptake and translocation benefits that amino acids would. So, um, yeah, and and I would say in our uh, field trials so far, and uh, this is a newer product, but we've got a couple of seasons of trials with these products. They're performing as well as the Maniplex product. So, mm-hmm. um, so or for an organic grower, you're you're applying a material that's as good as anything that's out there. Um, whether it's organic or conventional, so they're yeah. they're great products. I I I really think um, they're going to be a, a big hit for sure.
0: Do you do you have and see quite a bit of organic growers?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, it uh, California uh, has I think the the most organic acres uh, by far in the mm-hmm. country. Um, yeah. you know we we grow these specialty crops, so they tend to have a higher percentage. Certain crops. Uh, like berries, leafy vegetables up in Washington, apple mm-hmm. um some of these crops have pretty high percentage of the acres are organic um and on many of them the that percentage is going up every year so um it's uh it 's a pretty significant market for yeah. us and the the
0: it's it 's on listed right
1: Yes, yeah, OMRI listed um you know with organic certification, you know we always say make sure you know check run it by your certifier uh yeah. make, make sure they're okay with it but yeah it's it's OMRI listed so you know most certifiers if not all are going to say yeah it's got an OMRI cert mm-hmm. on it you're you're good
0: so, so um along with the foliars adjuvants are another big part of your work I always see you putting them in with your trials whenever I get them um adjuvants are such a broad category, you know, whether it be drift control, spreader stickers, the list goes goes on and on. But adjuvants can be a big help with using foliars. And so what are some of the adjuvants that you use and how do you know which one to use and why do you use them, I guess?
1: Yeah, yeah. So with uh, foliar nutrients, uh, it's really helpful to include some type of a surfactant product. Um, This is going to give you better adherence to the leaf. It prevents Uh, the spray droplets from bouncing off the leaf. It also gives you better spreading and coverage of the leaf. So you're maximizing um, the surface area where you have contact. That's going to give you better uptake. Surfactants also reduce the uh, surface tension of that spray droplet. So you're going to get, um, uh, you know, if you're going to get absorption of a foliar nutrient, you need to utilize those small hydrophilic pathways, the cuticular pores, the stomata that I keep talking about in order to get uptake through those pathways, you've gotta reduce your surface tension. And actually, if you reduce it enough, you'll get this capillary action type effect where it'll actually kind of suck the foliar nutrient into the stomata. Sometimes this is called stomatal flooding. Um, So from what I use, I really like um, uh, Brant Superwater. It's a 100% organosilicone surfactant. It's going to reduce surface tension more efficiently than any other surfactant on the market. Um, We also have a modified silicone product called Brant 719 Spreader. Um, This is a newer product. Really great, really flexible with a lot of different types of chemistries. Um, For the row crop market, where maybe you're putting like a smart trio with uh, a post-emergent herbicide, uh, we have a product called uh, Brant Torpedo which has um, really good uh, penetrant type products, helps uh, penetrate that cuticle um, to get the herbicide into the weeds where you need it to go. And also it's going to help that uh, smart system foliar penetrate through the leaf cuticle into the crop where you want it to go. So, uh, so that's a really great fit for, for real crap.
0: I think that's all I had to cover. I mean, we could go on and on for days about foliar nutrition, and I'm sure we will, uh, get you to deep dive into more of this stuff later on throughout the growing season, but do you got anything else to add, uh, to, to related growers or anybody that, especially now during this time as, as the summer months are hitting, as far as foliars go.
1: No, you know, um, you know, there's a couple things I, you know, I always say if you're trying a new mix always do a jar test. Um, Mm -hmm. Even our smart system products, which are really robust, um, you know, make sure you're using the right ratio, you know, when you're doing that jar test, use the right ratio of pesticide to foliar to water of what you're going to have in that spray tank and see if it works because you don't want to mix up a thousand gallon sprayer and have the material be ruined. So uh, test it in a one pint jar first. It's going to save you a lot of time and trouble. And then the other thing is just, Uh, you know, look at your normal spray schedule and look at maybe where are there opportunities to maybe put in some foliar nutrients here to get me a little better crop response. Um, maybe push, push the boundary a little bit in, uh, the genetic potential of my crop. Um, you know, if you're going to be making a fungicide application at, at bloom, pre-bloom, you know, if you don't normally put in some boron, maybe think about doing that. Um, and, uh. And see if you get a response. You know, try mm-hmm. just a tank load, and and see what see what uh, what the effects are. So, um, so I always encourage that. If like I say, if you if you're filling up that sprayer, you're driving it out to the field, anyways. Um, you know, maybe think about things you can do from a foliar nutrient standpoint to try mm-hmm. to optimize the um, the return on investment of making that application.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good message. Make make the most of your applications. You know, yes. it's such a workload to to get equipment and, and the tank mixed up and, you know, look and see what else you can be doing to, to make the most out of it, so.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, man, well, I think that's all I have. Um, yeah, I mean, you got all the knowledge about the, the specialty crops, so stay safe. We'll have you back on soon. Um, yeah, especially as you see different things happening uh, throughout the growing season, man. Yeah, thanks, Alex, appreciate it there you have it. Andrew Peterson is the man with the plan. If I had questions about foliar applications, that's who I'd go to. Make sure you give Brant a follow on Twitter. Our handle is at Brant underscore CO, especially now because we're taking info to grow beyond podcasts. We're putting up blogs, videos, you name it. uh, And they're all about things that are happening right now for growers. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.